Welcome to another episode of The Shannon Plan. This is episode 96, episode Maurice Hurst. Hoping to get some more production out of that guy. This year, my name is Kyle Posey. I am joined, as always, by Akash. Akash, how are you? Doing fantastic, KP. Shannon Plan coming on a new day this week. Uh, we just flip-flopped, so we're coming Thursday this week. I know we were off last week. Hope you've been doing well, man. It's been a few weeks since we chatted. Yeah, took a took a little a brief vacation last week. Went on a bachelor party in Denver. It was pretty cool, man. Ooh, I've heard great things about Denver. Yeah, the the weather was perfect. Uh, we did a little zip lining, did some whitewater rafting. Just got outside a bit. Um, nice. Got up to what they have, the Red Rocks. Really beautiful the amphitheater up there. Yeah, man, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, how about you? What 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 have you been doing to kill time? Nothing much. I just got back from India. So a couple of weeks ago, we recorded. I was in India. I'd gotten back from uh, like Asia for a work trip. So just a ton of traveling. But, uh, you know, just working our way through the dog days of the off season, getting ready for training camp here in a month. Yeah, got about a month to go before we rev things up. So um, until then, though, the 49ers, they're going to be pretty busy in July. They have to pay Debo Samuel. They also have to figure out what in the world they're going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo as he gets set to throw here maybe in a couple weeks, maybe next week. Who knows when it's going to happen? But uh, those two topics are going to be the talk of the month for sure. So we're going to talk about a few things today. Um, One thing, uh, PFF not been the greatest streak for them in the month of June. So they have been putting out rankings and they they always do this annually every year. Uh, they ranked the 49ers roster as the 13th strongest roster in the NFL. Just blindly, I would put them in the top seven, like at worst. To me, the best team in the NFL is the Bills. That's not close. They had the Bills. In the Chargers. Um, yeah. So let's talk about it. So they had the Bills one, Tampa Bay two. Uh, they had the Chargers three, yeah. the Rams fourth, which they lost a lot. And I mean, they had they added Bobby Wagner, they added Allen Robinson. We don't know what the Rams are going to get from either of those two players. I think Bobby Wagner's over the hill. I know that's not you know a popular thing to say, just because of his name, but. I'm not so sure that the Rams have a better roster than the 49ers. Like their offensive line has plenty of questions. They lost their best offensive lineman in Andrew Whitworth. Sure, they have Aaron Donald. Yes, they have Jordan uh, Jalen Ramsey, but who's coming? They have a lot of surgery, right? Who who they they're talking like you know? Yes, he's probably going to be ready for the start of the season, but there are question marks all around. And then there's that whole Super Bowl hangover thing. I I don't know that the Rams. I, I don't know that I would comfortably put them at least that. Um, that big of a discrepancy between the two. Okay, so they have the Packers at five, which the Packers do have a, a loaded defense. I, I probably wouldn't argue there. Um, the Browns, also deep roster. Philly at seven is interesting. So they added our boy Tart. Um, they added A.J. Brown, obviously. They had a strong draft class, but they still have Jalen Hurts. Um, they still – I I don't know, man. I – I think with uh, Philly, and yes, they added James Bradbury. I guess I forgot about him. I'm more of a wait and see with them. Um, keeping it going here, Bengals, Chiefs, Dolphins, like holy smokes, man. I know they made some splash moves, but geez. So the Dolphins, obviously, they added Tyreek Hill. Uh, they added Teron Armstead. So two elite players right there. Outside of Teron Armstead, 
their offensive line is a mess. They still have Tua throwing the ball. Like technically Raheem Mostert, you would think would be their starter, but like who knows who's going to stay healthy? They have him. They have Chase Edmonds. On the other side of the ball, they added Melvin Ingram, and that's it. That's really it. They, if you could name um, three players on the Dolphins' defensive roster, like anybody listening, try to name three players on the Dolphins' roster, defensive roster, without it being Xavier Howard. Um, best of luck. So no shot am I putting the Dolphins up there. And then the Saints, who I actually do think they have a strong roster. But, I mean, after that is the Ravens, then we finally get to the 49ers. Uh, as far as the biggest weakness goes for the 49ers, they said San Francisco's interior offensive line, by the way, every other offensive or the majority of offensive lines ahead of them like are equally as weak, if not weaker. So I'm not really buying that. So they just essentially talk about um, losing Lakin Tomlinson and not fully replacing him, which is fair just because, you know, we don't know what to expect from Aaron, um, Aaron Banks. Um, that's it, though. Like, <laughs> that's their only that's our only question is talking about the offensive line. The X factor, obviously Trey Lance biggest strength defensive line that goes without saying, but I feel like it ignores, it ignores just a lot of the star power that they have. Like Debo Samuel's a legitimate star is an all pro last year. Nick Bosa, uh, Fred Warner, two of the best players at their positions, George Kittle, best player at his position. Um, not a lot of teams can say that. Not all the teams can say they have some of the top players at their position. And, and I would argue that Eric Armstrong Trent Williams. Far, uh, to that guy too. <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty good. Uh, yeah. Trent Williams, Eric Armstead, I would argue played like an all pro last year down the stretch. So uh, for qualifying or for counting him as a, a interior defensive lineman, there's no shot. Um, they would, or that this team should be ranked 13th. Um, adding Traverse Ward. That's a big deal. I don't know what their grade for Aziz Alshire is, but I can guarantee you it's probably not high enough. Um, that's what. That's probably why they have Trey Greenlaw listed there. Right. I mean, just, just looking at it, it looks like they just kind of averaged out the grades for the 22 starters. And unfortunately, you and I talk about this, PFF grades are seem to be really subjective. So, you know, the 49ers are getting penalized because Kyle Juszczyk is like a 64, Tuan Jennings is a 66, uh, you know, Jake Brendel, Aaron Banks are unknowns. Uh, then defensively, Dre Greenlaw's in the 50s, Javon Kinlaw's in the 50s. Like, Tarverius Moore, Darquez, yeah. Bernard, they're counting yeah. as starters, yeah. um, both in the 60s. Right. So if you were to go just based off of that and you looked at their roster, you'd be like, yeah, of course, looks like the 13th best roster. And then, you know, uh, I, would, I would say that some of those players, A, aren't going to start. I'm sure some of those players are going to take a leap from last season. Some of those guys, their grades are based off of limited sample size. So I just think – I do agree that the interior offensive line is probably a question mark, but I'm sure a lot of teams don't have five, you know, all-pro level offensive linemen. So it's really just going to come down to can Aaron Banks be as good or nearly as good as Lakin Tomlinson? Can Jake Brendel be serviceable? Because the other three guys are, are the same. So I think that's probably the biggest question mark. But like you said, they, they're not taking into account all the other – big name players that the 49ers have at other positions, right? I'd say their wide receiver or their pass catching group is as good as any in the NFL, right? George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings. That's as good of a four as I'd say there is in the league. And then you take their linebacking crew, which probably say is the best in the NFL. And then their defensive line, also very, very deep. Their secondary has improved from where it was last season. I just have a hard time saying that they're worse than 
you know, the Dolphins or the Eagles or even the Saints, right? I'm not saying they're like a top three, top four roster, but they're certainly not 13th either. Yeah, I would. They need to be in probably one or two tiers higher. And right. in a league that's full of, you know, that's run by stars, stars are the ones who make the play. Stars are the ones who get you over the hump. The 49ers have enough stars. Um, and I don't know, it's 13th just feels low. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about Adam Schefter, who he is probably has a couple agents in his ear. Well, we know for a fact based on his timeline <laughs> that he has agents in his ear. Um, some of the tweets that he's had this year have not been great. So big copy um, paster, man, Mr. Editor, Mr. Editor. Um, so Shefty said on NFL Live, I believe it was Wednesday, that, quote, I don't think that they realized how good Jimmy played until they watched the film, end quote. That is a quote that has never came up. Um, it, we're in, it's June 30 today. That has not came up all season or all off season. Uh, we were going on seven months in 2022, and we have never heard anybody say that. Why, oh, why, Adam Schefter, would you say that right now? Where is this info coming from? I wonder. So, as you know, 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's getting ready to throw for teams. He has to prove to teams that he is healthy, that he still has the arm strength, and that he should be a starter. Um, Schefter is pushing the putting that out there, obviously, so teams are interested. Why, like the timing makes sense if, if you know Jimmy's going to be the one to throw, but like, why do we wait so long to get here? So let's, let's, uh, you know, imagine Kyle Shanahan. He's probably on vacation, probably in Cabo. He's like, let me watch some Jimmy Garoppolo film from 2021 and has some sort of revelation that, man, he was actually better than I thought he was last season because he didn't realize that, you know, during the season when they grind through the film every single week and i'm sure you do this every week right you can go back and find so many plays where jimmy garoppolo left yards points you know plays on the field and you know he left a lot to be desired and ultimately that's why kyle shanahan has said time and time again that they plan to trade him and the expectation is that they're going to trade him as soon as he gets healthy and so you know the other player you know that's in this is jimmy garoppolo's agent don yee who, you know, it's his job to protect his client, do what's best for his client, which with the way things are trending is to get Jimmy Garoppolo off the 49ers because 49ers seem to be all in on Trey Lance after minicamp, the way they're promoting him, the way they're talking about him, the way the team's talking about him, you know, it just all seems to be positive. So it's in Don Yee's best interest to get his client out of San Francisco and to a team where Jimmy Garoppolo can play, you know, prove himself and then earn himself another contract. And so, I imagine Don Yee sitting in his office texting Adam Schefter like, hey, could you just put this out there that the 49ers actually thought he was better than he was, and now he's about to be healthy, so let's get the trade market going. And I imagine that's how, that's kind of where it's coming from. Yeah, and that's that's all fair. Um, again, I just wonder, well, I know why, just because they're trying to get him a job. Uh, Matt Mayoko the other day, he was on the radio, and he was talking like, it would be almost an upset, a surprise if Jimmy was a starter for any team in 2022. Agreed. We'll see if ba what happens with Baker Mayfield. The Browns feel like a logical answer just because if Deshaun Watson suspended, which that feels inevitable, and Baker wants his way out. Baker's talking like the Browns have to apologize to him, which, come on, man, like, it's business, and that's not going to happen. So that could mean Jimmy would go to Cleveland for – what compensation? I don't know. I, it, I doubt that would be any type of trade. The 49ers might be, have to be forced to release him. 
But how funny would that be if it was Jacoby Brissett and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in Cleveland um, after, you know, those two were together um, not too long ago in New England? Let's get Bill Belichick in Cleveland and let's uh, no. <laughs> you know, reunite the band together. But, yeah, I, there's only a handful of teams that seem to be in the quarterback market, right? We're down to Carolina, who seems to be flirting with Baker, but don't want to pay, you know, uh, the $18 million that are guaranteed to him. And then there's Seattle, right? Are they really going to go into the season with Drew Locke, um, you know, at, at starter? I have a hard time seeing that. And then obviously the Browns, depending on what happens with Deshaun Watson's suspension. So those are the three teams that you could probably think of that would trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sure there would be other teams that would sign him if he was released. But I just have to imagine that the 49ers will come to a decision here in the next month or so because, you know, Debo Samuel's contract extension, Nick Bosa's contract extension, they're probably all hinging on the fact that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's money is still on the books. And, you know, if that comes off the books, then they can try to, you know, work on those deals next. So I imagine we have we come to a resolution here in the next few weeks, month. Yeah, I want I wonder if that resolution involves releasing Jimmy, because for so long they were you know, they had their heels looking the ground, like we're going to get something for him. And obviously a lot's changed since then. Um, the offseason soldiery threw everybody for a loop. They weren't expecting that to happen. But it seems like they just overestimated everything. And uh, they thought because of a quarterback, they would be able to get a certain um, certain price in returners, you know, recoup some picks. And that's just it doesn't seem like that's going to happen at all. OK, speaking of waiting. Did the 49ers make a mistake for waiting to pay for Debo? Um, George Kittle was on a podcast the, the other day. Uh, talk a little bit about that. George Kittle was on Bustle with the Boys. I know he's he had tight end you in Nashville. And so all those guys are down there. And he had, um, you know, an interesting quote on just Debo Samuel's extension. It's probably the most he said publicly. And here's what he said. Hindsight's 2020, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like. And I, I know nothing. I haven't talked to John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, or Debo about it. I have not. I don't know anything. All I know is that hindsight, I would have paid Debo three quarters away through the season. Try to do a contract end season for sure. Probably would have been cheaper. Uh, Christian Kirk really set the market off. But what what's going to happen, and this is me not knowing anything, Debo's got another year in his contract left regardless, right? Mm -hmm. he's, assuming he's not going to sit out, that's a lot of money. So he's either going to play this year as a Niner with one year left on his deal, or he's going to get a contract extension. At this point, you can't even trade him. What are you going to trade him for two, a first round pick next year's draft? That doesn't help us this year. Right. Like, That's come nice. on, you can't trade for future picks. Not right now. So like that window's kind of closed. And like, you know, something crazy could happen. I could be eating my words in two weeks, but the Niners have done every major contract. Mine, Fred Warner's the week before the season started. My guess is within a, like in three weeks, we'll hear news of it. Yeah. But I mean, like, I have no idea. You know, what he's insinuating is that he would have paid Debo Samuel basically before all the wide receiver deals came in. Because um, Debo Samuel isn't a first-round pick, he would have to complete three years before you can sign him to an extension. So you have to wait till the season ended. But you could have, you know, signed him to an extension before free agency. So you could have potentially gotten him for cheaper is what Kittle is insinuating. Uh, what do you think about that? I don't think he's wrong. But I think that's ignoring how the 49ers do business. And he pointed that out as well. But I think in the 49ers case, just because you've always done something some way doesn't mean you have to continue doing it that way. So 
maybe they didn't expect all these wide receivers to get paid. There have been nine wide receivers this offseason. Not not just got they didn't get paid. They received over 20 million annually. So like they these guys paid. Yeah, money, money. And that's not the end, just because so Terry McLaurin was the most recent, but there's still Debo, there's still DK Metcalf. So two more guys are gonna get paid. Um, I wouldn't have waited. I wouldn't have let the market dictate um, what I was going to have to give Debo because now there's no way you could pay Debo less than Terry McLaurin, which came out to be about 23 million, I believe, off the season that he has. And a lot of people think it's just being too prisoner of the moment when we say, um, but you have to you have to imagine Debo's coming off an all-pro season. Like he's coming off a season where like he was the 49ers offense. He carried them. Uh, the offense they were stuck in the mud a lot of times and Debo bailed them out. So he's going to get rewarded for that. But I do wonder, you know, what would have happened if they do take care of this deal back in March, you know, before free agency. But again, like those, it feels like we don't have any examples of that happening. So we're kind of just, you know, guessing or saying what we would have done when that's just not how the 49ers operate. So yeah, I wonder if they're, if they're having some hindsight, you know, it's, they're looking back and saying, yeah, maybe we should have done that because who knows, man, the difference between saving 5 million here four, six, seven, however many million it may be. It's a couple of players. Yeah, for sure. Like, and speaking of free agency, that could have been the difference between signing player X or player Y. So I think it's all going to work itself out. I'm not too worried about this. Um, Again, it, for me, no matter how you slice it, it all comes back to the quarterback. Like none of this would have been an issue um, had they needed to penny pinch because um, they were ha- they had Garoppolo's contract on the roster. But again, that was a whole other loop too. This team they <laughs> they stay in the news, man. They they keep it interesting. They know how to keep us wrapped around their finger. Uh, when it's all said and done, what do you think Debo ends up making? Because remember, way back when I think it was in April. Um, it wasn't him who posted it, but he was in the picture. and He liked the picture on Instagram where he said, if it ain't $25 million, we don't want it. And that tells us um, that he's probably going to get more than McLaren. Do you think that's still on the table? Do you think that's still feasible? Absolutely. I think he's going to break that $25 million, uh, you know, annual average value. I think that's exactly what A.J. Brown got, right? Four years, $100 million with like yep. 54 guaranteed. I always said that's kind of the starting point slash ballpark for where Debo Samuel lands because just their play styles uh, represented by the same agent. Um, I know AJ Brown, I think has had, you know, uh, more injuries than Debo Samuel um, or his, his injuries are maybe like recurring. I think it's all tied to a knee. So maybe that kind of affects his overall value. So maybe Debo Samuel's a little higher in that aspect, um, even though AJ Brown's probably been more productive over the last three years. Um, ultimately, I think that's kind of where it lands. You know, we've talked about this before. Annual average value doesn't really mean anything. The 49ers gave Trent Williams a ton of fake money in like a sixth year to try to give him, to try to make him the highest paid left tackle ever by like $100,000. So that that's all meaningless because he's probably never going to see that money anyways. So it's really, I'm sure it comes down to the guaranteed dollars, which the 49ers have never handed out 50 plus million dollars guaranteed. Um, and then the length of the contract. I'm sure Debo's looking to keep it shorter, probably looking to get paid one more contract where the 49ers are looking to stretch that to like four or five years so they can spread out the signing bonus money, the other you know prorations to try to keep the cap hits low. Um, so I'm sure those are the things that are at play. I know Schefter also mentioned that, you know, or 
maybe it was Ian Rappaport. They talked about that it's just more than money, right? And I think it's going to come down to usage, right? Does Debo Samuel, do they put something into the contract that says, you know, Debo Samuel, you know, if he gets X amount of carries, he hits different incentives, um, just things like that. I think that also is at play, not just the money. But ultimately, I think it'll work itself out. Agreed. And yeah, those incentives, um, the upfront money, because he just wants, and I'm obviously I'm guessing here, but I imagine, you know, Debo just wants to say, I'm a top five receiver and I'm paid like a top five receiver. And look at my contract. This says that I'm a top five receiver. That matters to players, no matter what you think. So yeah, it'll it'll be fun, man. Again, this is a long month we have coming up here. I imagine there will be more and more details that leak out about this. And then we have the whole Jimmy fiasco as well. Let's go back to Jimmy here real quick, since we're making predictions and projections. Do the 49ers end up releasing him or do they end up trading him? My guess is release. My guess is release as well, because ultimately I think the Panthers are going to trade for Baker Mayfield. I think they're closer there. There's just been more information, more reports, et cetera. Uh, I don't think the 49ers in Seattle will do a deal. I think Seattle's a prime candidate to sign Jimmy Garoppolo if he gets released, right? It works for Jimmy Garoppolo. He gets to go to a team that's, you know, in the division with the 49ers. So I'm sure he's, you know, licking his chops to try to come and beat San Francisco twice a year. They don't necessarily have a starting caliber quarterback. So I'm sure they'd be, you know, uh, they'd welcome signing Jimmy Garoppolo. They just probably don't want to pay him the $25, $26 million that, He's owed the season, so I'm sure if he was released, he'd he'd end up there. So I'd agree. I I think release is on the table. And just about him going to Seattle, like he gets a start. Like that matters yeah. too. Like, there there aren't many of those available, and it seems like Seattle. Like if he can't beat out Drew Locke, then he's probably never going to start um, anywhere. So Seattle is your guess. You think that's where he ends up? Seattle's my guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Cleveland just because one year rental. They have the cap space to do it. They don't really have to rework anything. And um, I, I know that if he does get released, he won't sign, you know, for like $20 million or whatever. But yeah. they are not going to go into the season, assuming that Baker Mayfield is not on the roster, with Jacoby Brissett as their starter. Jimmy Garoppolo is an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. And they need – they have a roster that is ready to win and make the playoffs. So I think Jimmy would be, you know, sort of an easy transition to go from, from Baker. And he's an upgrade over Baker too, so – um, it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out, though, and how he does um, just in a brand new uh, situation. So, uh, yeah, I think Browns. Does he make it through this season? I guess no. <laughs> better question. Better question. Whoever he plays for. So, I mean, you say Seattle, so that that kind of answers the question for itself. But, dude, if Jimmy Garoppolo is a starting quarterback in 2022, does his team make the playoffs? Oof. Uh, no. <laughs> but. I just don't think so. The NFC is weaker. So if you ended up in Seattle or Carolina, they'd have maybe a puncher's chance. But I, if you had a zero shot, Seattle, I don't know. I know their defense is a little revamped, but I don't think so. I don't think so. He would need DK to just go like God mode. Um, Yeah, they would have to be very, very efficient, like uber efficient to where. the mis- he just has to cut out the mistakes if that were to happen, just because, you know, the big plays aren't really his thing. Um, Cleveland would be tough. I, I They're think a brutal see- division. You put, you're playing Baltimore and uh, Cincinnati twice. That's tough. And it's Baltimore, cold. Cincinnati. And- Pittsburgh's always going to be good. Um, 
Yeah, and who knows? Like, let's, I want to see their schedule, actually. Do they play the AFC West? Their schedule is tough. I think they play the NFC South, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so Tom Brady. I would think that, you know, if he were the Browns quarterback, that they would be um, – <clears throat> they would flirt with the playoffs for sure. So they play – let's see here. Oh, man, they're out of – they play the Chargers, the Patriots, the uh, Bills, so obviously AFC East. Um, and then they play the, oh, they play the NFC East, so that they, they lucked out there. They have some tough. Um, they got some tough games on that schedule. They do, yeah. Maybe maybe it's not as much of a shoe in as I thought. Who knows, man? It, it would have been want, tough if Deshaun played sixteen and seventeen games. True, that's very just given true. how the AFC is, right? There's no lock that they're winning the division, right? Especially if you bank on the fact that Lamar comes back healthy. Cincinnati was just in the Super Bowl, right? And they arguably got better, so. I want to see how Jimmy does with without a Kyle Shanahan, without um, same you know a Debo Samuel to bail him out on these screen passes because I, I don't know I, I don't know what to expect I don't I'm pretty sure that he's not going to be as good as he was in San Francisco and, and I'm not rooting for that you know that'd be amazing if he was better just because everybody would have to second guess what they were watching the past couple of years so it'll just be kind of interesting to follow and see how he does. Um, hopefully he gets a shot, man. We'll see. There's so many, uh, so many questions, so many questions that don't have answers yet. We're just going to have to kind of wait and see, but uh, that'll do it for us today. Um, short episode, just because we're in the off season, man, we are, we're going to have some topics as we keep going uh, today. We asked on the, on the site, what your favorite regular season 49ers game was. I'm going to put you on the spot. Akash. Do, you, do you have one? Some of the options were, you know, obviously Dre Greenlaw 2019 clips in the division for Seattle. Um, I had, you know, Kaepernick's first start against the Bears, where it's Ooh. just like, oh, wow, this is what it looks like to throw the ball down the field because he was just throwing dots all over the place. Uh, I went way back with uh, Garrison Hurst in 1998, 30-30. Um, uh, there was a few ones, but 49ers have yeah. so many good ones, but a lot of them are in the postseason, so, you you know, you have to um, you have to kind of pick and choose. What, what would yours be? Regular season, if we go Kyle Shanahan era – uh, probably the Saints game in 2019 ah, on the road. Um, that those those three weeks were insanely fun. I think they played like three ten and two teams or like nine and two teams. Right? They played Baltimore, then they played uh, New Orleans, and um, insanely fun game back and forth, high scoring. Uh, they had a couple trick plays. It's just kind of everything you ask for in a regular season game, especially in New Orleans where that dome gets really really loud. You're playing Drew Brees. Uh, the colors pop. Uh, I say that one in the Kyle Shanahan era. The Jim Harbaugh era, I'm thinking back to week one, 2013, I think. Is that the one where it was Niners hosted the Packers after the playoff game? Clay Matthews hit Kaepernick out of bounds. Ah. Kaepernick threw for like 400-plus yards. thinking one of those games probably in the Harbaugh era. Yeah, I was wondering if people would say, you know, like the the Frank Gore game where ran for 200 yards. Um, You have options. There with the 49ers, you have a lot of options in a small window, and then you have to take like four or five years off. Yeah, you just forget <laughs> the four or five years in the middle, and you're great. And you just keep going by that cycle. Like, <laughs> we're gonna ignore, ignore the Erickson years, we're gonna ignore so and so years, um, the chip years, obviously. But, um, no, okay, that's cool. That'll do it for us again. Thanks for listening. As always, please rate, subscribe, review, leave us five stars wherever it is you get your podcast. Football will be back soon, and we will be here to cover it. Uh, Follow me on Twitter 
KP underscore show. Akash, where can we find you? At Twitter, at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. Subscribe, rate, review, Niners Nation Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcast, drop five stars. We appreciate it. And go Niners.